0: Somebody give God praise in the house. Some of you guys act like you stayed up to midnight last night. I don't know. (laughs) Some of you said it was just another day, and I went to bed on time. About two of you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. God is so faithful to us. To give us another year. Uh, now we'll have that hard time to write two zero two three on everything. It took me about a month or two before I could get that corrected, but uh, we'll get it done right. You know, <clears throat> I find that this scripture really points out Philippians chapter three thirteen. Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Amen? You know, I had the pleasure of living in Honduras, but we went on several trips out into communities. And one of those trips we went on, you know, I had... Been in this community multiple times and um, had been down there. I had a, four, a, a 2004 Ford Ranger, four-door, 4.0 diesel, four-wheel drive. They didn't sell those here. But I'm gonna tell you something. That thing would absolutely go through anything. And, uh, and, and, and I went into one community called Eligero. And I happened, we were actually planning a church in that community, and I had to go down to, uh, to do something in the property and was meeting a few pastors down there that day. And uh, so I, I went down, and, man, I slid down this hill all the way. I mean, it was so... Listen, in Honduras, there's not hot and cold seasons. It's rainy and dry seasons. It's always hot. And so we... Uh, we were going down. I went down, and this is the rainy season, and, you know, I didn't think about it. I got my full drive. We good. And I got down in this place, man, and it was, I mean, it was knee-deep in mud when I got to the bottom. That thing had slid down, and if you've ever been stuck before, you know how the mud just keeps on caking and just kept on going around the fender wells, and it was, it was horrible. Now, mind you, I did get out because it's a Ford, Come on, come on, preach it. <laughs> I put that thing forward low, and then I got out, but a few months later, I, I had a group of people coming down, and we were, it was actually the, the state office of Louisiana, and um, they, they were coming down to help view the project, to help raise money. We were building a, um, uh, a good-sized church down in that community, community and uh, I, I took a 15-passenger van down there. Now, Mind you, this is a Toyota flat-face, you know, uh, bus-looking 15-passenger uh, van. Uh, and, and and I've taken this van all over. I've driven that van all the way to um, to the top of Guatemala. I've been, been all over Belize in that van. I've, I've driven that van everywhere. So I had a confidence in this van that it would make it. And it really wasn't. Rainy season. It was coming out of rainy season. So I didn't have the muddy, cloggy stuff going on. And I I took this group down there. And we we, we got down to the bottom. But there's a creek that crosses. And uh, it hadn't been cleaned out in a while. So it was stopped up. And though I have crossed this creek hundreds of times. On this day. When I went through it. I got stuck. Well. You know, you don't call a wrecker in Honduras. My AAA, it didn't work. And so I found myself in a fix of how do I get unstuck? Well, here comes this other 4x4 four four truck. I'm thinking, oh, we'll get out now. So we padded the bumper of the front truck and we put a few cloths in between the van and uh, we gently tapped it. (laughs) And we made it out. Now, you know, of course we unloaded all the people. You know what I'm saying? Looking back, I'm sure there was probably a better way. There was probably made more sense not to tried across the creek that day. But sometimes we find ourselves getting stuck. You know, that's just one experience where I found myself in a mess. But you know, if I go back through life's history, I have found myself stuck in many occasions. I remember as a three-year-old child, I know many of you may not have those memories, but it was so traumatic that I, I was sitting In my mom's lap and I remember the arguing going on in the room and and remember the the bickering and fighting that was taking place with my, my dad and his girlfriend on the one side of the room and my mom on the other. Three years old, I still remember the pain that I felt struggling whether to go to my dad or go to my mom, walking across the room and then going back and sitting with my mom. Those are experiences that I have that I can remain stuck in or I can move forward in I remember as an eight-year-old child laying on the couch and my grandfather step-grandfather coming in and experiencing something that I never want to go back and experience again And, and the confusion and the turmoil that that wrought in my brain for years wondering how Uh, how I could cope and how I could understand what what went on that day. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you've gone through, no matter how hard you've been stuck, no matter how struggle you've had, there's a way out of your struggle. As a 15-year-old, I I remember on many occasions being so so distraught with who I am because of my parents being youth pastors and, and me... Straddling the fence with wild brothers and wondering, you know, who am I supposed to be? I remember crawling out the windows of youth rooms because I wanted to get away from the conviction that was taking place in the room. I remember sitting on the back row and, and sneaking out on many occasions because I was struggling And it led me to a time where I would get in my car and drive down the road and wonder if I could just total this car, if I could just slam it into a tree and life would be over and I would not be burdened any longer. I wouldn't be a burden and I wouldn't be burdened any longer. Stuck. But then Jesus comes along. (laughs) He put me back together. There's not a place... His mercy and grace won't find me again. (laughs) Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. (laughs) Isn't he amazing? Those are situations I have found myself in life, and, and those are just a few of many. I've also been stuck spiritually before let I me mean, you know what I'm talking about I don't I don't know I mean I'm sure that many of you have been that way that the problem of getting stuck spiritually is that we often we often struggle we try to struggle until we're so exhausted that we just throw our hands up and say I'm done I'm tired we get so caught up we get so overwhelmed and and we give up and we settle in to a rut that gets over and long and it just keeps on going. And we wonder, why am I stuck in this rut? I see people all around me. They're getting blessed. I see people dancing. I see people shouting. I see people so excited for God. And yet, I go to church. I, do, I pay my tithe. I, 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 I'm in the routine. But yet, Lord, I'm just in a rut and I don't know how to get out. Anybody ever been there? I'm not going to ask you how many are there now. Sometimes we lose our, we lose our heads and we make terrible, destructive decisions. But Jesus. But Jesus can step in. But Jesus can change it all. Amen? Amen. Philippians 3, as I read just a few moments ago, I do not count myself to have apprehended when I think about that, I realize that for us to get unstuck, for us to move forward, we have to recognize where we are. We have to recognize where we are. Too many times I think we deny the place that we're at. We overlook where we are. We, 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 don't, want to, we don't want to be truthful of the position that we're in. We, we, we're so busy Uh, Throwing off the cliches And and Lord I'm I'm so blessed I can't be stressed Right We're too busy Throwing out all the good ideas If it got any better I couldn't stand it I'm so fine I'm like frog hair Right and we give out all these cliches of how good we are and yet deep down on the inside we're masquerading some pain. We're masquerading things and we don't want to tell people the truth because we don't want the hurt to be disposed. We don't want to rip the band-aid off of where we are. We're too happy in the place that we are. We're too busy muddling in the, in the stuck place that we find ourselves. God help us, right? Don't count myself to have apprehended. Galatians chapter 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Ooh, that'll preach. I mean, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. How many, has, how many has been set free before? Amen. I mean, if we look back and we go through what God has done for us, if we can look back and see and know that, hey, what is available to us, Jesus Christ has set me free. I'm no longer bound to sin. I'm no longer bound to the shame. I'm no longer bound to the things that I, that I used to be bound to. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. When we grab a hold of the truth of where we are, it will help us to overcome those, those places that find us stuck. Freedom was available for me then. Then guess what? Freedom was available for me now. If the Lord has set me free then, then the Lord will set me free now if the generational curses that have affected my family for years have been broken then, then he will break them now. I am no longer bound to the things that the enemy has spoken over me because the things that the enemy has spoken have been broken in Jesus' name. I am his and he is mine. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. That's who we are, right? Second Peter 2, verse 20 says, For if... After they have escaped the pollutions of the world. Say the pollutions of the world. The pollutions of the world. Through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are again entangled in them and, over, and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. You can't stay stuck, folks. It's kind of like... The demoniac that was cast out in the parable that Jesus gave. The stronger than the strong man came in. And he wiped, cast the demon out. He cleaned the house. But the Bible says that the demon went out in arid places. And he found seven as strong as himself and he came back. Look, the, the thing that I feel like has happened in our generation is that we've, we've been living in a generation who's been cleaned out. For years we have enjoyed the presence of God. For years we have enjoyed the liberty of, of the Spirit of God. But yet we have not been filled with the Spirit of God. Our nation has enjoyed the, the deliverance of the enemy. We, we left England and we came to this, this wonderful new land, if you will, and we found religious freedom. We found religion to be able to have our church services and to experience God. But over a over a few generations, we have not allowed the Spirit of God to move amongst the the people of God around our world. And 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 now we find. We've had this freedom period. We've had this empty period. We've had this time where we could allow the God. We've had a a form of godliness, but we've denied the power thereof. There's great messages going forth. There's great things happening, but is the Spirit of God really moving amongst the people of God in our day, in our time? And yet we see in our generation right now that the enemy has come back full force. He's gathered seven more more strong than himself and he's tried to come in and he's now trying to destroy what we call the body of Christ he's trying to discredit trying to tear down trying to wipe out he's coming to refill and let me tell you something folks it's not good enough to walk around knowing that you have the freedom you've got to walk in that freedom It's not good enough knowing that you have the authority if you want to use it. It's like having a hammer and never getting out to use. It's like having keys and never putting it in the ignition. You can have it, but if you don't use it, then somebody else will take it from you. We've escaped the pollutions of the past. Many of you, I love hearing your testimonies and being able to hear how the Lord delivered you from different substances, how the Lord helps you to overcome horrible experiences, how the grace of God's been with you through the years to help you through the heartbreaks and the pains that you've been through. But we are not set free so that we can go back and and find ourselves recaptured, find ourselves overcome and overwhelmed by the enemy. once again, we've been set free by the power of God, by the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we can do something for the kingdom of God, so that we can help others find the same freedom that we have found. Got to know where we are. but We also have to know where we've come from. The scripture says, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, the word is not necessarily that we don't remember them. It is basically that we neglect the thought. We, we don't allow the thought We don't feed the thought any longer. To neglect the thought, we starve that thought so much that it no longer has an impact on us, right? That's some of y'all start y'all's diet plan right now, right? And you're going to starve out your sugar and you'll probably last for about two weeks. I'm trying not to speak prophetically here. (laughs) And you'll do pretty good until that first one little... Well, I just got, I'm just gonna take a dab. I'm just gonna have a pinch of this little bitty brownie because a pinch won't hurt anything. And all of a sudden, that little pinch of brownie erupts in all of your body, and, and all of a sudden, the cravings begin to come back. Well, a pinch this morning's fine, but I need a pinch this afternoon, right? Until we're back at the whole pan, just bring it on, right? What it's saying of forget is to, to literally starve the thought that it no longer has an influence over you. That it no longer is what drives you. It's no longer in the back of your mind causing you to, to be influenced or to be positioned for that thought to impact you any longer. Amen? Man, I hope that we will choose to use the lessons that we've learned from the past to allow us to springboard for the future. What do we need to release? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to prepare for? What do we need to? to what events do we need to the Lord to help us to look forward to and become because He's with us? Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter five, verse seven says, "You ran." Well Who hindered you From obeying the truth You ran The, the word is past tense you, you were running well How many know that the Lord has set a race before us I think Paul was uh, he, he was a, a sports fanatic You know he liked to talk about the race we're running Like talk about the games we're playing And yet you were running well. What hindered past tense? What has held you back? What is keeping you from moving forward? What is it that is, has been chained to you that is keeping you from experiencing the, the, the presence and the now and what God has for you in the future? Right? How I many let like things happen? How many has let experiences take away your joy? How many has ever let something hold you back? Kept you from experiencing the the presence of what God has for you? Verse verse 8 of that same chapter, Galatians chapter 5 says, This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. If you are being hindered, If you are struggling, you have to recognize this is not from God. God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to hinder you. Now, you might go through some tests at times, but he will not hinder your progress because God wants you to grow closer to him. He wants you to draw near. He calls you to draw near to him, right? And so therefore, if there is something that has hindered you and has slowed your pace, then you have to recognize this persuasion is not of God. Amen. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. If we let the little things continue to be tolerated in our path and our journey, then they will eventually control the journey. I remember as a younger, I'm still young, okay. I remember as a young preacher one time talking about allowing the the devil in the back seat. It's kind of like the mother-in-law in the back seat. No, no, if you're watching, Mom, I love you. Sorry. Woo. <laughs> but if you, let, if you let the devil in the back seat, he's going to start making his commands. Oh, turn here, turn there. Whoa, watch that. But you know, the enemy's not going to be happy sitting in the back seat. Eventually, he's going to be on the front seat. And if you let him in the front seat, eventually, he's going to say, won't you get over here in the passenger seat and let me drive? And if we're allowing the the little bit of leaven in our life, if we're allowing the little bitty brownie, if you will, in our life, if we're allowing those little things to continue to feed us and drive us and push us, then guess what? It will affect the whole lump. It will affect the outcome of what you want to do. Philippians chapter 4 and 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Boy, somebody need to get that down real deep. Be anxious for nothing. Because guess what? If you allow that anxious thoughts to be in there, it will affect the whole lump. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whether things are true, whether things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What are we meditating on? What are we allowing to fester every day? What are we allowing to impact our thought process every single day? Look, man, God's laying before us an opportunity He's putting putting together things for the Alcoa Maryville Church that that I haven't seen before. I sat down and talked to to Steve Payne the other day, and I was saying, Steve, tell me, what's going on? I said, "You're, you're you're seeing the things, the undercurrents and stuff. Tell me what you see. He said, Pastor, he says, in all of my time at this church, I've never seen us positioned where we are right now. God is setting us up for something magnificent. He's setting us up for potential impact that we've not seen in many, many years. But we can't allow the undercurrents of the enemy to to be put into our mind and allow us to fester on those things over and over and over again because that is exactly the enemy's tactic. If he can get you so discouraged, if he can get you festered, if he can get a little bit of leaven into your lump, then guess what? It affects everything we do. It affects every process that we make. So whatever things are pure, right? Whatever things are true, think on the praiseworthy things. Think on the things that will build us up. Think on the things that will cause us to go forward. Think on the things of, of life-giving and hope-giving and, and, and things that, that will help us to impact the lives of each other and those that God is sending and those that God are potentially wanting us to reach. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Say that again. Lay aside every weight. If y'all been looking for the word to tell you to, to do a diet. Just kidding. Lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares or entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. A few months ago, my wife decided to run a 3K, 5K, sorry, 5K. It would have been better for a 3K. Amen. And, you know, I'm thinking, more power to her. That is wonderful. I'm so glad that she's in shape. And, and then my wonderful, ball-headed youth pastor decides to stick his big old mouth in the situation. And says, oh, I can do it too. And looks over at me and says, let's do this thing. Let's do, what? Bro, I don't even run to the mailbox. You You want me to run, you better be chasing me or something. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be fast enough that whatever's chasing me, And somebody else, I'm faster than them. You know what I'm saying? To run this race with endurance, that means that Kim's got this little app out and she's doing the couch to 5K. She's preparing herself, she's laying aside the weight and the sin, the chocolate and everything else. And I'm on the couch. We got to that race that day, and man, I had—I mean, I'd done some walking. Every time I go to the hospital, I, I wouldn't take the elevator. I'd use the—I'd use the stairs to go up. And the first time I used the stairs to go up, I got to the that fifth floor to visit somebody, and I thought I'd just bounce into their room. And I had to actually stay in the hallway for about ten minutes till my breath calmed down and my heart rate went down a little bit, as I was sucking air. <gasps> Oh, Lord, I'm not going to make it. There might have well been, save me a room. I'm going to die here, you know. On that day, you know, I get there and I'm stretching. I'm like, boy, I, whoo, got my fanny pack on. I'm good. I'm. Just, <laughs> that's what all the rest of them was wearing. So I thought I'd fit in. You know, put my number on. I'm thinking, woo, look at this. We're going to do this thing today. I'm in the back of the line, dude. I'm. They they decide to run the first lap, and, and they set this guy on a bicycle. Decides to lead the first lap. I'm thinking, bro, you're on a bicycle, and, and we run as fast as we can to stay up with a bicycle. I'm like, why am I doing this? Who who talked me into this, Biggin? By the way, I I was thinking of what I had eaten that morning. I had you know I had been delicate of what I ate. I didn't want to overdo it and. I'm talking to Billy. I said, Billy, what'd you eat this morning? He said, man, I got up and ate a pound of bacon. He said, I needed all my protein this morning. (laughs) What? Of course, I'm having to continue to remind myself that he is 15 years younger than I am. But anyway, to run the race with endurance means that we have to lay aside some things. We might make it for a season. We might fake it till we make it. We might do some things good. We, I mean, look, I've finished the race. I would love to say like the Apostle Paul, i finished my race. You know, I've finished the course. But no, dude, I got to the end and I'm like, man, I'm like the last one. Not quite. Are we striving to be the last one? Are we, are we just on the journey thinking, well, maybe I'll, I, at least I'll make it? Or we do, do we really want to make amazing impact for the kingdom of God? Do we really want to see the hand of God move so dramatically like we have experienced? How many have experienced that before? where the presence of God came down so strong that you, that you literally couldn't stand up, that you just fallen in the floor, that you're just crawling around like, oh, God, this is so amazing. I don't know that I can handle any more of this, Lord. This is so good. And I want to get back to the places where, we, where that's not just a, a, an occurrence that happens every now and then. I want to see the presence of God being poured out every single day of my life. When I walk into the prayer closet, I begin to swoon in the presence of God, recognizing that the holiness of God has filled the temple. But until I lay aside every weight and sin that ensnares me, I can't run that race with the endurance that he wants me to run. Look, David had to lay aside some things, right? I mean, David, from, the, from a young boy, had to lay aside the thought that, that his brothers were taunting him, that his brothers thought that he was not good enough. And though he had been chosen as the king, he was still not good enough. What are you doing around here, David? What do you want? We have to let go of the things that have been spoken to us. We have to let go of the feelings and the thoughts of other people. But we have to know that he's the one that we are trying to please. He's the one that we are longing to grow closer to. And we've got to lay aside even the taunts of the giant that that has called us all kinds of names. David had to lay aside those taunts of a giant. He had to lay aside the ridicule of his brothers. He had to lay aside the the sins that he had made. When everyone else was out to war, he was being lazy sitting down in his castle. And because he was unwilling to join the fight, he sat back and pondered his thoughts into into lustful thinking and therefore had a Bathsheba moment. Let me tell you, you've got to lay aside your Bathsheba moments. And just because you have fallen doesn't mean that God can't pick you back up and he can't use you because the same God who loved you, who created you, when you fell, he picked you back up and he died on the cross so that he could cover you your sins Samson had to lay aside his consistent disobedience though he had been called though he had been appointed by God though he had been given a promise yet he, in his his promise he still pondered the thoughts of his flesh and still began to walk in his flesh trying to fulfill himself and he had a Delilah moment We've got to lay aside our Delilah moments. We've got to lay aside our fulfilling the flesh and let God have His way. It might mean that our eyes are plucked out, but God, bring me to the temple once more. Bring me to the bring me to the place once more where I can fulfill Your task. Abraham had to lay aside an Ishmael moment. Jacob had to lay aside the deceiving of his father, but also being deceived by his. Father-in-law, come on. Daniel had to lay side. What did Daniel have to lay aside? side? Daniel had to lay aside side being drugged from his own hometown, losing everything, being brought to a king's table not being willing to obey the things of the world, but being cast into the lion's den, he had to throw aside all the weight of the thoughts of the, of, of the, of the, the things that he had gone through to be able to be what God had called him to be. Look, if we sit around and waller that's a good southern word, I think. If we sit around and waller in all that has happened, we miss the potential of leading the way God wants us to lead. If we sit around and just allow ourselves to be stuck where we are, satisfied with the mediocrity, then then will we be able to attain, as Daniel, the highest calling that God's called us to, we will be able to fulfill the plan that God has laid before us. Look, Peter failed. Peter's walking with Jesus. He saw the miracles every day. Peter walked on water. Peter, who saw his mother-in-law healed. Peter, who's seen all these things, and yet in his last days of Christ being on earth, he lied and And literally said, I don't even know the man. And yet, Jesus. No matter how stuck you've been. No matter how far you've gone. No matter what your journey has been like. No matter what pain you have felt. And you've allowed to influence your journey. Jesus can still bring healing to your heart. Jesus can still... Embrace you and hold you and help you. He can still encourage you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We've got to let him, we've got to let him do his work in us. Where are we going? The scripture in Philippians 3 says, Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It also says, run with endurance the race that was set before us that word reaching literally means to stretch oneself forward to stretch forward or stretch oneself forward let me tell you something when you get older you're not as flexible can I get a witness yeah I touch my toes this way it's much easier so much easier, yeah. Flexible, not as flexible. When it says stretch yourself, it's sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes that means moving past what you've been accustomed to. It means moving out of your comfort zone. It means saying, "I, I, I can't continue to do the same things I've always done. I've got to move past that. I've got to stretch myself if I want to attain." To what God has for me. If I want to reach for what the Lord has in front of me. It means I've got to be active and do something different. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 3.14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I've got to press in. I'm closing if somebody would come and play. Excited today. We're first day of the year. We're going to be able to participate in communion on the first day of the year. Isn't that awesome? The word press means to seek after eagerly, it means to earnestly endeavor to acquire. Look, guys, we, we've got to understand that we've got to be diligent in this process. We can't enter into it. With a, well, if I get it, I get it. We can't enter into it, well, somebody else will do it for me. If we want to press in, it means that we've got to press. It means there's a, how do I say this? The words endurance, the words press, means that there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that, that jump into our path. There's going to be things that happen, just as the scripture said, what hindered you? There's going to be things that try to hinder us. but we have to make a choice. And I pray that as we begin a new year that we will be able to make a choice that we're going to push, we're going to press. The, the old adage for push is pray until something happens. But we're going to be persistent in our prayer. We're going to be persistent in our journey. We're going to eagerly endeavor. In other words, we're going to have some excitement to the plan. we're going to have some excitement to the journey because we want to fulfill what Christ has called us to to seek the lost, right? He wants us to touch those who are broken. He wants us to love on those who are hurting. He wants us to disciple those who God has sent. But we have to be willing to push in. Because this is not a one man journey. This is not a few people's journey. This is an all hands on deck journey. This is everybody on the ship participating In the process, we've all got to be together. We all have to eagerly endeavor. And what's that mean? It means every one of us has to look and evaluate ourselves. Is there something that has hindered me? Is there something that I've got to lay aside, whether it be something that's happened to me or whether it be a sin that I have been active in or whatever that looks like. But I've got to lay aside every weight and every sin that entangles me, that is hindering me, that is keeping me from fulfilling the plan that God has for me. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and the word of God says that he's making intercession for us. Guys, it's up to us. The Lord's made a way. The Lord has given us and made available the freedom to walk in. But we have to choose. Is there something This morning, that you would say, Pastor, I have allowed something in my life to hinder my walk. It it might be the loss of a loved one, it might be an event that happened to you as a child, it might be the hurt from somebody speaking to you and belittling you and hurting you, it might be the hurt of a church member or even a pastor. But is there something that is hindering you from fulfilling the task that God's laid before you? Today, today, will we make a commitment? I will run the race with endurance. I will lay aside the weight and the sin that has crippled me from fulfilling the task. Before we take communion this morning, if you would close your eyes bow your head pastor this message today was for me and I received that if that's you this morning would you raise your hand with me yes 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 Yes. listen be honest with yourself be honest to recognize where you are Pastor, I'm not where I need to be. And I need the Lord's help. Would you raise your hands this morning? I'm not where I need to be, but I want to make it right. Yes, yes. <laughs> God is so amazing. If you are willing, this is your chance. This is the moment where we can join together. If you say, "Pastor, I need I need prayer this morning," and I want to, I want this body to pray for me. Would you raise your hand? Yes, yes. I'm going to do communion a little different today, guys, and and, and I'm going to invite everyone. To come this morning. Would you fill this altar right here? Would you come? There's multiple hands raised. But what better to be able to commit ourselves together? Because even if we don't feel like there's something that is, has us stuck, or we don't feel like something's hindered us, it's never too late to recommit ourselves for this year and for this journey. Everyone is welcome to participate this morning. If you are unable to stand for any amount of time, you're welcome to come up and find a seat closer as well. But we don't want anyone to be left out if you want to participate this morning. And it flows through the lowest valley. The lowest valley, yes, it's the blood that gives me strength served you know we shared about if there's anything that would hinder your walk you know Jesus by his flesh by his sacrifice he made a way for us to have freedom he made a way for us to be made whole by his stripes we were made whole. By His flesh being crucified on the cross, you don't have to walk in brokenness any longer. You don't have to walk condemned any longer. You don't have to walk in shame any longer. But you can have the freedom and the ability to walk in the wholeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He came to this earth We use the big word righteousness to make us righteous. What's that mean? Well, I know that most of you guys are religious people in here. But He came to this earth to put us in a right relationship with the Father. In that right relationship with the Father, we are now justified, just as if I had never sinned. We're made holy in Him. Today, as you take this, if there's something in you right now, don't say, I need to surrender to the Lord. Let's do that right now. Father, those who have raised their hands, those who have said, I'm not where I need to be, Lord, I recognize there's some hindrances on my journey. Today, I thank you for the grace that you've given me. and I, I accept your work on the cross today. I accept the gift of life that you've given me today. I accept the gift of freedom that you have made available to me. And today, by your grace, I choose you. I choose the path and plan that you have for me. I choose to walk out of my brokenness and into your wholeness. I choose to allow you to make me righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. That's why we have this cup. Would you take that sacrifice that He made, the bread, and eat it now? Lord, we choose to remember what You've done for us, we choose to remember Your bodily incarnation into this world we choose to recognize how you walked on this earth and you showed us the truth gave us the way and Lord that you have longed for us to walk in the life that you have thank you Jesus for that gift of your body and he took that cup and he says this is my blood which was shed for you. When the Father looks at us, He looks at us no longer as the characters that we are, but He looks at us through the veil of His Son and the blood that was shed for us. We're covered by His grace, by His blood. We live by the word of our testimony, right? the blood of the lamb we live because he died and rose again let's take father we thank you so much for it's the blood that sets me free it's the blood that I am covered and no longer bound to yesterday's sin And I pray that today, that as we start this journey, that we will live free, live in holiness, live in humility, live in righteousness, but ultimately live under your covering. We ask that this new year find us walking in the favor of God, walking in the peace of God, walking in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. May this year, Lord, find us blessed and highly favored. May we walk in the blessings of the Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Happy New Year.